Welcome back, Open Your Hymnal listeners. My name is Zach Stahowski. And I'm Matt Reichert. And we're very excited to bring you our first theme episode. We thought in honor of the Feast of St. Cecilia, rather than just focus on one particular song or composer, we would actually um, explore uh, the, the vast treasury of traditional hymnody. Yeah, and when we first identified this theme, Zach, I, I know that it really gave us an opportunity to talk about a wide variety of songs that are so common in our parishes that otherwise we wouldn't get to. Of course, our typical format is that we speak with composers, and it's difficult to do that when the composer of so many of these songs have been dead for a hundred years or more in some cases. So, so this is really a unique opportunity for us to talk about a lot of your favorite songs. That's true, because that has always been the mission of this podcast, is to explore those really beloved songs. And we've been somewhat limited in that. And so now to be able to bring you these songs uh, that we know hold such a special place in so many people's hearts, I think this is um, a really great opportunity to do that. And now, so that, you know, our listeners are not concerned that this is just going to be an hour of our favorite hymns, Zach, your and mine, um, we did do a little consulting. So both through our social media platforms, and I know, Zach, when you were um, taking part in the GIA Institute this fall in Chicago, um, we solicited from a bunch of friends and listeners and colleagues recommendations for their favorite hymn texts and their favorite hymn tunes, and you'll be hearing um, those selections and and in fact, from some of those voices throughout the episode. And of course, as soon as we did that, the floodgates opened and our list <laughs> our list became completely overwhelming. Even just as I started to categorize and just throw some hymns down onto a list, I was immediately overwhelmed by just thoughts that this could actually be like a nine-part series on just just hymns. Well, and and to that point, you know, for for our listeners to know, you said, Zach, that this is our first theme episode. We do have, in the next, you know, several weeks throughout this season, planned for several additional theme episodes that will allow us to really dive deeper into hymnody. So we'll have songs of Mary, and we'll have songs of Christmas, and songs of Lent. So so those things are coming up, and we'll find a way to certainly fit that in. Of course. So this really is all to serve as a disclaimer that while some of you are going to hear some of your favorite songs, some of you unfortunately are not. And to perhaps, you know, refrain from writing your angry letters until <laughs> some of our some of our other uh, theme episodes uh, hit the airwaves. So our episode today is really a celebration of all things hymns, and our goal is to play for you as much music as possible, um, to make some comments and some links here or there, but really just to, to celebrate and to honor this important part of our music treasury. So we are going to kick things off, and as you said, Zach, um, this coming Thursday, which is also Thanksgiving Day, is the Feast of St. Cecilia, the patroness of music, so we thought it appropriate that we begin with the great hymn, When in Our Music God is Glorified.
Before we go on, I think it's important that we define our terms because when we use the word him, that can mean different things to different people. So, in order to help us understand what hymns are and most importantly, why hymns and hymn singing is so important, we're going to speak to two guests. One of them is Dr. Michael McMahon, who is the executive director of the Hymn Society of the United States and Canada. And the second guest is Brian Hain, who is the director of the Center for Congregational Song. It's a pretty um, powerful human experience for people to sing together, period. I mean, you think of big uh, gatherings of any kind where people join in, in a song together. I mean, there is something that not only is very bonding about that, but also transforming. And then when you put it in the context of worship, it sort of um, doubles its power because um, music, hymns, congregational song is really uh, at the heart of what we do at worship. So if God is acting among us, well, God is acting among us in song. So when we put our voices together, there's, there's something that happens and it's transformative, not only for ourselves, but also for the world around us. So I think him, singing hymns, uh, singing together is uh, something that's really important, something that we ought to care about and uh, promote. When most people use the word hymn, I think what they're referring to are songs that aren't considered new, but are sung by the gathered assembly. There are more strict definitions of the word hymn. The strictest definition of the word hymn is a like a strophic text designed to be sung. You know, so you would if you're talking about a hymn by uh, Ambrose, it would just be talking about the actual text. It's not even talking about the tune. It's just talking about the words, and it's a very particular format. You know, a, a stanza after stanza that are metered in the same way and designed to be sung. Um, but I think most people are using the word hymn, meaning any song by the assembly that doesn't sound like any kind of a pop or rock medium or genre. So your question about why singing hymns are important, I think, is really asking why is singing songs from the past important? And that's, I think, an easy question to answer. We are a people who value our ancestors. We we value the saints of the past, and we honor them, and we know that God gave them wisdom to share with us. And one of the ways that the church, one of the primary ways that the church is able to pass down wisdom from the past is through its song, through hymns. Right, and I think that's a, a, a related to the bonding uh, quality of hymns. I mean, they bond us to one another in the moment, but they also bond us together across time and across cultures, across denominations. I mean, I think that one of the cool things about hymn singing is that we're often singing hymns that come from other traditions, and so, you know, they're, they're linking us to those kind of people, too. Uh, I think that's a really uh, powerful, you know, the, the part of a part of what we do, and I, I think the formative aspect is also uh, an important aspect of that. It's a way that we are uh, formed in our faith and our beliefs, and uh, we express them. But also in expressing them, they're strengthened within us, right? As we uh, take those with us by singing hymns, by singing any song from the past, 
we're what we're saying to ourselves and to the people who are singing it together and to all those who hear us uh, is that God was working in the past and did marvelous things and still has things to teach us. And so we, we learn from that and uh, it connects us to the great cloud of witnesses. It was a daunting task to try to figure out how it was we were going to organize and structure this episode. And in doing so, we came up with a couple of categories. Of course, this is by no means exhaustive, but I think for this first attempt at a hymn episode, uh, this will give us a good place to start. So uh, we're, go- we're going to look at uh, hymns from the English tradition, uh, from the German tradition, Uh, Hymns based on uh, Irish folk songs, uh, hymns from the American tradition, the folk and the shaker uh, traditions, and then we're going to look at contemporary hymnody, Uh, so songs uh, and hymns and texts being composed right now. When I was speaking with Brian Hain, he shared with me that, of course, the the label hymn um, can mean two different things. We we use it oftentimes referencing the melody or the hymn tune, um, but really a hymn is is the text that goes along with a hymn tune or is matched to a melody. So, so just a fair warning for for all of our listeners out there. Um, we're going to use that term interchangeably. So when we talk about English hymns, we might be using that to reference an English melody. We also might be referencing a text written by an English text writer as a hymn also. And so to begin, we thought we would start with uh, hymns from the English tradition. Of course, when uh, the Second Vatican Council concluded and all of a sudden we needed all of this new music in the vernacular, uh, hymns from the English tradition was one of the obvious places to to go to find um music to sing at mass. Well, and, and and even before that, you know, if you consider that the history of our hymn singing in the American church also in many ways mirrors the history of the cultural development of this country. So certainly as a country with a lot of people immigrating from a variety of places, certainly our English roots. And then, you know, as you mentioned, Zach, the other categories we'll talk about today, especially German and Irish roots, you know, it's no wonder that a lot of these tunes and these melodies um, enter into our usage because we really do have this melting pot here in this country. And so here's a selection of 
of hymns from the English tradition, and we're going to hear from our friend、uh, Meredith Augustine to kick us off. Hi, my name is Meredith Augustine. I'm the director of music at the Church of St. Francis of Assisi in Midtown Manhattan. I think I'm going to go with Darwall. Rejoice, the Lord is King. I like the majesticness of it, and it gives me some feels. Rejoice, the Lord is King. Your Lord and King adore. Rejoice, give thanks and sing.
name is David Anderson, and I'm editor-at-large for GIA Publications. And uh, my favorite hymn tune currently that I think more folks should be singing is uh, Thaxted, uh, using the Holst tune uh, from the planets, uh, most commonly associated with the text, O God Beyond All Praising. And I'm really excited that there are so many hymn writers today, uh, text writers, that are offering new offerings to sing with this really kind of very singable tune that it seems like uh, many folks are really just embracing.
I tell you, Matt, Thaxted for me is one of those hymn tunes that just never gets old. It's influenced so much other music too. Like anytime we really need that noble and majestic sound. Um, I remember we did Thaxted once and a little kid came up to me after mass and said, it was cool that we sang to the Jurassic Park song. <laughs> <laughs> Hymns are everywhere. We can't get away from them, right? Um, so so let's let's transition to a different, you know, cultural group here. We're going to start to talk a little bit about German hymns, at least for the part of the country in which I reside. This is my wheelhouse because these these German hymn tunes that we will hear today are alive and well in my parish community. And in fact, some of these hymn tunes, um, many members of our community still know, you know, at least the first verse in German. Yeah, I think that highlights how hymn tunes, this music, is so uh, important to people's cultural identities. And uh, like uh, Michael and Brian talked about, it also connects us across time. And so with the English hymns, we heard uh, music, you know, all the way back to the time of uh, Ray von Williams and Gustav Holst. Uh, in these German hymns that you're going to hear, we're also going to get connected all the way back to uh, the 17th century with, um, you know, the harmonization of the Passion Chorale by, by uh, Johann Sebastian Bach and, um, of course, uh, the Hymn to Joy by Beethoven. Oh, 
we are now looking at the the Irish tradition, and and here specifically, we're looking at a unique feature of folk tunes that become sort of appropriated or used as hymn tunes. It's interesting because, of course, the Irish themselves did not do this. This is more of something that uh, American composers have done. And I would refer our listeners back to an episode we did on the song Canticle of the Turning by Rory Cooney, where we interviewed Irish composer Ian Callanan about this tradition, about this approach of using Irish folk melodies. So you can go back and check out that episode by accessing our website, uh, openyourhymnal.com. And in the meantime, I hope you enjoy this selection of Irish-based hymn tunes. Oh 
Well, I hope you heard. It's just no wonder that these songs, these tunes, have such staying power. Uh, the singability of them uh, makes them just a perfect vehicle for assembly singing. No, I think that's exactly right. And and as we look at any of these hymn tunes, I mean, especially the ones that have been around for you know centuries. Um, of course, they have to be singable. Of course, they have to be accessible and something that people can really relate with. So we're going to continue this sort of folk theme here now by looking at songs that we're going to put in the American folk category. And and as we mentioned before, you know, with the United States and our history being really that of a melting pot, of course, some of these songs have their roots elsewhere. They have their roots in France or even in the Netherlands or back in the U.S. UK or in Germany. So so we understand that. But what we're going to look at these as as really folk melodies that have their roots in American culture that then become a part of our hymn tradition also. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. See? 
said about uh, the United States being a melting pot uh, is exactly right. And I think we hear that in the music. You hear traces of uh, the Irish tradition, some of the English uh, tradition. And so um, it's interesting to hear how uh, this music has, you know, evolved and uh, found its home uh, here in the United States as well. To end our conversation today and end our exploration, um, we want to talk a little bit about the present. And so to do that, we're going to hear from two voices. Um, First, we're going to hear from our friend and past podcast guest, Tony Alonzo, um, who will speak about the importance of hymns for a composer today. Um, And then we'll hear again from Dr. Mike McMahon, the executive director of the Hymn Society, about the importance of hymn singing today. And then we want to feature for you a few examples of contemporary text and contemporary tune. I think one of the things that makes uh, so-called traditional hymns important to me, um, especially as a composer, is I'm really interested these days in what endures and what passes away, both musically and textually. A friend of mine once said to me, it's hard to argue with a good hymn. (laughs) And I think there's something really right about that, that you can Uh, argue about style and all kinds of things but when it comes down to it a good text and a good tune can be done in so many varieties of ways that it's that text and that tune that stands the test of time um, regardless of any kind of arguments about what tradition or instrument it originated on. I think if we are not uh, teaching some of the familiar tunes from our tradition we are putting that whole dimension of singing at risk so I, I think every community ought to be thinking about how they are singing the songs that of people who've gone before them in some ways. But at the same time, I do think that we ought to be singing songs that are new to us. I mean, you know, this, a lot of the songs begin with, sing a new song to the Lord. So I, I think that we've always got to reappropriate uh, our faith with new text and new tunes even as we do that. Hi, I'm Victoria Isabel and I'm an editorial associate at GIA. A recently published hymn text that I keep returning to is Michael Jankis's A Place Called Home. It speaks so eloquently of what we would all hope for in the world, that all will be accepted and loved and united in peace as one human family. This text is a beautiful prayer and sings very well to the tune that Michael Jank has paired it with, Finlandia.
Well, Zach, not surprisingly, we are out of time and have barely scratched the surface here for these hymns that we wanted to celebrate in today's episode. Ugh, I knew that would happen. And of course, I want to remind our listeners of what we mentioned at the beginning of this episode, that of course we knew we weren't going to get to every single hymn that everyone wanted to hear, and that's why we'll be excited to do another hymn special episode sometime in the future. Of course, and there will be other categories that we'll be able to explore in these other theme episodes, uh, music of the African-American tradition, uh, more uh, music by women composers, uh, more music... Uh, from Hispanic traditions. Uh, so I, I'm excited for these special feature episodes. Absolutely. And and just like we did for today's episode, um, in anticipation of these upcoming special features, we'll post things on our social media to solicit your recommendations so you can provide feedback about what you'd like to hear in our conversation. So to conclude, in honor of the feast day of St. Cecilia and Thanksgiving, Uh, We'd like to leave you with one more song and to wish you all a very happy and blessed Thanksgiving.
Thank you for listening to Open Your Hymnal, and special thanks to all of our guests for speaking with us. Michael McMahon, Brian Hain, Tony Alonzo, Meredith Augustine, David Anderson, and Victoria Isabel. Links to purchase the songs you heard can be found at our website, openyourhymnal.com. Be sure to follow Open Your Hymnal on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you haven't yet, you can subscribe to the podcast through iTunes and Google Play. For Open Your Hymnal, I'm Zach Stahowski. And I'm Matt Reichert. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.